Bible. It's the Word of God, sharper than any two-edged sword. This sacred book is living and active and contains all that's needed for life and godliness. Stay with American Family Radio for the next hour as we study God's Word and take your Bible questions. Welcome to Exploring the Word. Thank you for listening to Exploring the Word today. Bert and Alex with you, and we're excited about our program today. Alex, uh, you can tell it's close to Christmas here at AFR because we start having more guests to drop in and talk with us. That's always exciting, isn't it? Well, it is. And, you know, Christmas is a time when uh, we get together and we fellowship and we think about Jesus, and it's always a privilege to, at Christmas time, open the doors of exploring the Word and have some Christmas get-togethers. It is. And today we do have a guest in the first session, and He's been with other programs today, so he's he's waited to the last to be with us. Now, I, <laughs> I don't know if that's the best at the last, or finally he has no other choice, but Jerry Lawson is with us, Pastor Jerry Lawson, pastor of the Enon Cumberland Presbyterian Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. And here's the question, Alex, can anything good come out of Ackerman, Mississippi? Come and see. Come and see. Well, let me just <laughs> tell you. That's biblical, isn't it? It is. But why I would say that, we're kind of loaded with Ackerman people here at AFA. Oh. Uh, Buddy Smith, our senior vice president. Rob Chambers, our vice president of public affairs. They're all Ackerman people. They started there. And so Ackerman's producing some pretty good people that I know of anyway. Amen. Amen. Well, it's great. And and brother, we welcome you and uh and thank you for coming up to be with us on Exploring the Word today. Well, it's just a joy for me to be here and uh I look forward to coming up here uh to AFA. It's the one time in the year where I'm treated like royalty. <laughs> well and we- he he is and we're blessed to have him. He's been with us and when I saw him in the hall, he remembered me. So anyway, that was a uh, pretty good deal. He remembered me without saying a word. Most people hear you and me, and they say, we know you. They know her voice and not her faces. But, Jerry, we do welcome you. And the reason we have him once a year, it is Christmas button giveaway time. And uh, Don Wildman started this years ago. And, uh, Jerry, I want to ask you, how many years has it been for you that you have gotten the buttons and given those buttons away. You have, can you Started count that? Started in two thousand and five. Okay, if my addition is right, that's sixteen years at least. Sixteen. Mm, that's correct. And Alex, that's exciting because Christmas buttons are available at the AFR store at the Resource Center, a Resource Center, uh, AFA Resource Center, and mm-hmm. uh, you can find them there. And by the way, you can order ten. They come in packs of 10, but here's the key to it. The more you order, the cheaper they are. Now, that's that's wow. a pretty good deal, isn't it? Well, that's a great deal. That's a great deal. And these are such a good witness. They really are. And, uh, Brother Jerry, I just want to say thank you for helping promote these things and use Christmas as a wonderful time of witness. Well, the pleasure has been mine uh, to order and just get 10 buttons. I wouldn't leave here today without 500 buttons at least. Uh, I'm going to pass them out. I'm not ashamed of the gospel, and I'm certainly proud of my Savior. Uh, I'm going to let people know who Jesus is on my buttons. Amen. Hey, amen. I, I asked the Resource Center, I asked uh, 
Kim. I'll just give her name. And she said, we've got a lot of buttons. So if you take 500, guess what? There's still plenty available. So we're, we're excited about that. And Alex, these buttons, they're, uh, they are attention getters, you know? They really are. They really are. And you know what? I remember it's, it's been a couple of years ago, but I had the buttons and uh, got to share the gospel with a family in the line at the grocery store. Honestly did and ended up handing my button and giving it to a child. But, you know, Christmas is one of those times where we need to maximize on it. It's it's OK to talk about Jesus and talk about the reason for Christmas. And Jerry, this is just a good uh, easy, easy as pie conversation starter. Oh, absolutely. And I tell people, uh, it's an icebreaker. Uh, it's, uh, it's permission marketing. People will ask you about your button and, uh, it gives you the opportunity to share Jesus Christ and what he means to you, to them. And, uh, y'all mentioned the buttons, but y'all also have these, uh, Wristbands. Wristbands. We sure do. Mm-hmm. Now, they're, they're, you can wear them, and they're not as obvious, but they're awesome. I, I love Keep Christ in Christmas and green with red trim and white lettering. Uh, they are attractive. And, again, let me give that information one more time. I got it exactly what you do. Go to afa.net and then find the AFA resource tab. Click it and go online, and you can order them. But if you're not a – order a person on the internet and you want to do it by phone and talk to real people, you can go, jot this number down and I'll give it again, 877-927-4917. Let me give it again, 877-927-4917. And you can get these buttons, you can get the wristbands, and uh, you, you what is it? You wear them and share them. Wear them, wear them and share them. them. That's you do exactly that right. You've done this. I think I heard your testimony. Was it Branson or Eureka Springs? You were up there and giving them out. People enjoy them there. I go each year to Branson. Usually do it somewhere around Veterans Day. And uh, so what I do is I, I contact Buddy after Christmas and I say, Buddy, if you got any extra buttons, bring them to me because I want to go ahead and have them pre-staged for next year <laughs> when I go to Branson. And uh, Buddy's been so good and so faithful to bring them down and give them to me. This year I had uh, 450 buttons left, took them up there, gave out 250 in Branson, but I didn't know when we were going to start the button program here, so I brought 200 buttons back, and I've already given those out down around Ackerman. And, uh, wow. yeah, I, I enjoy passing out the buttons. Well, I, I'm not making fun of Ackerman, but if that's like my hometown, that was everybody if you passed out that many. Well, it, it just about <laughs> is. Uh, but uh, there's so many people down there that they anticipate getting a Christmas button, and I enjoy sharing them with them. Praise Lord. Now, Bert, I want to make sure I've got this correct. This is the button that says, Jesus, he came for you, right? Well, yes, you can do that one. He came for you. And uh, Jesus, our living hope, you have two yes. options there. They're red and they're green. And they're green. Yeah. And these and wristbands. They're green Folks, with red trim and white lettering. They are awesome. They are they are attention getter. Like Jerry, he's sitting here with a a, a sweater on maroon red something and he's got the green button jesus our living hope let me just tell you 
you see the button whether you see anything else or not. You know, it's that, yeah. and it's attractive, and people will ask about it. They really will. I've I've worn them, and I've given them away as well, Alex. Well, it is beautiful, and folks, I'm on the the website. If you go to AFR, you'll find it. But I'm on the afastore.net. Uh, the red button says Jesus. He came for you. Merry Christmas. Beautiful. The green one says Jesus, our living hope. Merry Christmas. And of course, there's the Keep Christ in Christmas wristbands and uh, uh, beautiful stuff. You know what, Bert? I was on this website looking at this, and up popped a, a an audio book, four CDs. Exploring the Wisdom of God by Alex and Bird. I didn't even know that was on there. <laughs> hey, that you mean you can give that for Christmas too? Okay, yeah. yeah I, I bet you could. Amen. I just got to say a word about Ackerman before we get. I've I've been there. Uh, they have Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian. Now that's all I've met in Ackerman. They may be others, but those are the ones I've met. And Alex, I you and I talk about how churches should work together, communities come together to to share Christ. I, this is just an observation from an outsider. Ackerman, Mississippi has uh, a great, great relationship with that. And uh, I've, I've seen that, uh, Jerry. And, uh, and, and that's, that's something to say, that little community in Choctaw County, Mississippi, and if you've ever heard of the Blackwood Brothers, the quartet, that's their stomping grounds. That's the origination point. Uh, pretty good place to be from. How much, How long have you been at Enon uh, Cumberland Presbyterian? December the 24th, I will have completed 24 years <laughs> Amen. in, in Amen. Ackerman. Uh, we do have a, a, a wonderful colonia between the ministers and the county. Uh, we work together. Uh, there's been two governors that's come out of that county. There's been also a Miss America that's come out of that county. As you said, the Blackwood Brothers came out of that county. There's been a number of people that's come out of that county, and there's so much history that people don't realize. But the first time, there was a simulcast from Japan, uh, the Olympics. It was a man from Ackerman that, simulcast through seven satellites and brought that Olympics to the United States. And is from Ackerman. And he was from Ackerman. So, Alex, wow. the question I ask, can anything good come of Ac come out of Ackerman, Mississippi? I think Absolutely. It sure Absolutely. sounds like it, Praise doesn't the Lord. it? Hey, Jerry, we want to thank you for being with us today, man. It's a blessing to always see you and to have you up here. And uh, I, I know Buddy's been a great host. He always is. But... Those Christmas buttons give one more reason why they should call 877-927-4917 and order those buttons. And, Bert, it has been an honor for me to be here today. I thank the Lord and pray for this ministry here. It's such a blessing, such a lighthouse in a dark world. And, Bert, I want you to have a button and put it on. I'll put uh, it on. Okay. I'll oh, do it. Amen. Now, I hope if you hear a yell, that means I stuck myself and didn't do it right. Well, I give a tip <laughs> out. If you're going to carry buttons in your pocket, make sure the face is against <laughs> your skin or you'll get the point. You'll get the point. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. Amen. Alex, Amen. it's so much fun having guests here on Exploring the Word. And it we is. enjoy it so much. And I know this, and it's unusual for us, except around Christmas, because we are – we're geared on studying the Word of God and sharing the Word of God. 
But what a blessing it is to have this opportunity to share the gospel through these Christmas buttons. It's a blessing, isn't it? Well, it is, and all of our special friends. You know, just the other night, about day before yesterday, I got a phone call from our dear friends over in Kosciuszko, the Simbering family, uh, May and uh, Aaron Simbering, and their wonderful kids. And oh uh, goodness, when I like when I'll go over to Calvary Baptist in Macon to preach with Bill Ross, or I'll go to First Baptist Carthage, and uh, I'm over there. Uh, people from all over Mississippi will drive. And come hear me speak. And I want to tell you, AFA, family is the operative word because it is just a wonderful family of Christian love, isn't it? It is. And I want to do one more thing while they have this opportunity. It's about a minute and 10 seconds before we go to break. I want to give you something that's going to be special on December the 18th. It's going to be 6 o'clock our time. It's not on our radio station, but it's an Irish Christmas. Guess who? Keith and Kristen Getty. Getty. They're going to be singing that Irish Christmas. I just love that sound. And so you can go to singglobal.com, and you can do that on Saturday the 18th, and you can see the live stream. They're partnering with some other people that we love, the Museum of the Bible. Oh, amen. That's, we, we're connected with the Gettys. We're connected with the Museum of the Bible. And they're going to be connected and have this great Christmas special. And again, seeing an Irish Christmas, December the 18th, 6 o'clock Central Time. Go to singglobal.com and you can hear this. I believe that would be a blessing, Alex. Oh, man, I believe it would, too. Well, folks, this is Exploring the Word. When we come back, we're going to get in the Gospel of John, the coming of Jesus, as told by John the Evangelist. Stay tuned. We're back after this. This is Pause to Pray, a chance each day to stop down from the daily noise of life and pray for our country's leaders. Today, we pray for Jenny Yang, Director of the Office of Federal Contract Compliance Programs. Her agency ensures that employers conducting business with the federal government comply with equal employment opportunity laws. Psalm 106.3 reminds us of the importance of fairness. Blessed are they who observe justice, who do righteousness at all times. Right now, with this in mind, let's pray together. Almighty God, we ask you to guide Jenny Yang as she works to ensure equal opportunity for all Americans. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Pause to Pray is a service of this station and the Presidential Prayer Team. With the generous support of listeners like you, our radio ministry is in our fourth year on the air. Keep the power of prayer going and become a regular sustaining member. Details at pausetopray.org. Matthew 17.20 says faith as small as a mustard seed can move a mountain. But Dr. Tony Evans says spiritual mountains come in all shapes and sizes. He'll talk about that today as we spend two minutes with Tony. Mountains in the Bible are used in a number of ways. First of all, there is the physical mountain. But also in the Bible, mountain also refers to kingdoms. The kingdom of God is called a mountain. The third way that the word mountain is used in the Bible is for an unovercomable situation. So give your mountain whatever name that applies. There's a mountain of cancer. There's a mountain of other illnesses. There's a mountain of death that is you can't see in your lifetime being able to 
to bring things in financial order. There is a mountain of depression. And that's when Jesus now gives you and me his secret for moving mountains. He says in Matthew chapter 17, verses 20 and 21, if you have the faith, the grain of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be moved, and the mountain will be moved. He says, and this comes through fasting and prayer. To put faith in God means that you must put faith in God's word, God's will, and God's character. If you expand your understanding of God, you and I will see more of the supernatural operating in the midst of the natural. Learn principles that can put more power into your prayer life. Get details on Tony's CD series, Igniting Kingdom Prayer, available online at TonyEvans.org. Then join us next time for Two Minutes with Tony. This is Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. In the New Testament, we have the Gospel of John, and John begins very famously, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Welcome back to Exploring the Word. Alex McFarland, Bert Harper, so honored that you're listening. We're looking at passages. We've done this last week and this week, uh, passages about the coming of Christ. And Matthew and Luke very well talk about the Christmas story, we call it, and uh, Mark and John, we're talking about, you know, in Mark, there's uh, the coming of Jesus. But Bert, uh, I remember as a young believer, I was only saved a while, and I began to try to read through the Bible, and I loved it all. I did, I did and I do. But when I got to the Gospel of John, John became my favorite of the four Gospels. And I, John chapter 1, I honestly believe, is some of the most profound words ever put on people paper in all of history. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. The Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. We're talking about Jesus, and not only the one who, yes, taught, did the miracles, went to the cross, but the one who existed eternally from eternity past, the living Word of God, Jesus Christ. Uh, Bert, I just believe this is the Word of God. No human could have thought this up. <laughs> uh, it is God-breathed. That's what the Bible says. When you say inspired, it's not like being inspired by a sunset or a mountain range with uh, snow-capped mountains. It's inspired. It means it's God-breathed. God gave it. And, and some through some dynamic way, man, these men who wrote the Bible— was able to write it down with God guiding them and yet using their personalities to bring it out. Again, it is divine. And John is the one. Alex, we get this question. Okay, I've just been saved or someone I know has just been saved. What would you recommend them starting to read? And just about every time, Alex, you and I say, the Gospel of John, yeah. uh, the book of First John, he's the same writer over in the latter part of the New Testament that would write 1, 2, 3, John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, those letters he wrote. But John, the Gospel of John, uh, it gets these 
uh, it, and I'm just giving an overview, it's got 11 different conversations recorded that Jesus had with individuals or a smaller group. It's got seven miracles that demonstrate who he is, the I am, that he is the great God. Uh, John, and again, the last, the last part of John, John chapter 1, verse 31, uh, truly, well, verse 30 and 31, state the purpose for him writing this. Listen, and truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. John the Evangelist, and it starts off with Jesus, who he was in eternity, that he is eternal, he's equal with the Father, and he is of the same essence of the Father. Those mm. three words will get you chapter 1, verse 1, the eternality, equality, and essence. He is God. Alex, that yeah. is our Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, you know, one of my heroes is D.L. Moody, and he used to recommend people to read the Gospel of John. And by the way, it's just 21 chapters. It really, uh, I mean, it's kind of brief, actually, and you can read it easily. And you're right. I mean, when we're trying to help a, a new believer get grounded, or maybe somebody who's searching really find out about Jesus, we recommend the Gospel of John. But D.L. Moody one time, he said that... Uh, Go through the Gospel of John, and the Bible will become a new book to you. And, you know, even back in the 19th century, there were people that were skeptics and doubters and, you know, um, tried to read the Bible. Maybe you try to read it from cover to cover. Uh, and it's, it's, you know, if you don't know about the plan of salvation and Israel, you know, a lot of that Old Testament can be uh, tough sledding, you know. But... Moody was right. Read the Gospel of John, and the Bible will become a new book to you. It will. And the, notice these words. They all start with L. Light, life, and love. Mm -hmm. and, and honestly, they really come in that order if you go back and compare Genesis, because Genesis starts, the first book of the Bible starts with in the beginning. And here you have light. Uh, what did God create? the light. He separated mm -hmm. the darkness from the light. And then out of light comes life. You're not going to have any life without light physically. You got to have that light. And then out of that love, uh, out of that comes love, God's right. love, especially he, he poured out upon his creation, mankind. And, and so John, he captures that and he, and he, all through the book of John, you'll find those words used quite often uh, concerning Jesus Christ. So he is the light of the world. He is in him. You have life and have it abundantly. And God is love for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Alex, this is the gospel of John, and he captures God's love for us, doesn't he? But, you know, in John chapter 1, Bert, there's another L. And uh, you might be tempted to say Lagos, because he's the word. That's <laughs> it. But it's not that. Uh, let me say, you're right. God uh, created light, and uh, he is the God of life, and he loves us. But let me read a little bit from John chapter 1, and this is why Christmas happened. It says this in verse 16, And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. 
That's grace on top of grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Do you know what? Jesus came, Christmas happened, the Bethlehem manger, the life and ministry of Jesus, ultimately the resurrection. Why? Because the law, we broke God's law. We are sinners. We needed a Savior. And Bert, aren't you thankful? Because of his grace, which is undeserved favor, and because of his love, and because of what he did by paying for our sins, we can have life. But it was because we and the law of God stood estranged. The law of God is good, but we had broken it, and we needed a Savior, and the Father sent his Son. The only way. There was no other way. Now, how did he do this? you got to tie verse 14 into verses 1 and 2 because it talks about the Word, and in verse 14, he uses that same Greek word, and the Word became flesh, Alex, incarnation, and dwelt among us. He came and lived among us. And John says, we beheld his glory. And it was the glory of the only begotten of the Father. And again, he uses these two phrases quite often, full of grace and truth. Now, Alex, that word became flesh. That's Christmas, isn't it? It is. It absolutely is. And, you know, folks, um, we can't hardly get our mind around this. I mean, uh, I, we believe it, of course. Uh, people ask me, do, you, do I really understand it? Not completely, of course. But God, the eternal God, oh, scholars talk about the nature of God or the essence of God. In John 3.16, uh, for God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten Son. And what that really means is that the Son... Jesus is the Son of God, but he's also God the Son, the second member of the Trinity. And Jesus is of the same essence or nature as the Father. Now, no other human could ever legitimately say that. Uh, God loves us, God made us, but there's not a person that's ever walked this earth other than Jesus who could say, I and the Father are one. And Bert, it, it boggles the mind to think about uh, God is eternal. You know, Bert, every now and then I'll have uh, young people ask me, you know, if God made everything, you know, who made God? Nobody. God just is. And what's so amazing, and this is, this is love, um, we had sinned, and sin separates us from God. So God uh, is holy. He didn't just sweep our guilt under the rug. Um, we might wish he had, but that wouldn't have fulfilled his truth. His holiness. And so, Bert, what's so amazing to me is in Jesus, every single bit of the law was fulfilled, but yet the love and the mercy and the grace and the forgiveness and the just the patience and all of the, the kindnesses of God were immeasurably manifested, weren't they? They were. And that's why that phrase, full of grace and truth, mm. I'm going to say it, only Jesus only Jesus, full, mm -hmm. filled with grace, filled with truth. Because, Alex, many times in my life when I'm trying to help someone, uh, this grace and this truth, they combat one another. Because grace wants to say, listen, I, I'm, I'm pulling for you. I'm hoping for you. 
truth says, man, you deserve what's coming to you, you know? Yes. But yes. in Jesus Christ, grace and truth, they someone has said they kiss one another. They they come together. And this is what Jesus and notice these term. I, I know I'm going back to fourteen all the time because it is just a verse that intrigues me. Notice he dwelt among us. You remember Isaiah said in his name shall be called Emmanuel. God with us. God chose to become man and live among us. And mm-hmm. he's demonstrated, you remember, they wanted to see the Father, and Jesus says, have you been so long with me that you do not understand that when you have seen me, Jesus said, you have seen the Father. I, I You know, they're one, Alex, and John the whole Gospel of John, chapter 10, it talks about I and my Father are one. You know, this is it. And John is nailing this incarnation down. He's nailing this, that Jesus is God down. He puts mm. it on a level that, uh, again, you can't imagine, but the wording is so good that you can halfway picture it a little bit, that this word that was in the beginning, that was in the beginning, that was with God in the beginning, equal to God, and is the same essence and nature of God. He came to earth. He was born of man, born of a woman, and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. You know, that's why the songs of Christmas mean so much. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel. Ransom from what? From sin. Because we're ensnared by sin. Hey, you know, it says that Jesus is full of grace and truth, and that's true, right? Well, uh, none of us could say that we're full of grace and truth. Now, we oftentimes don't show grace to others, and we use the truth selectively on an as-needed basis. I mean, we a lot of people, we're all, we've all done this because we're, we're human beings, but we have uh, selectively used the truth, you know, Jesus, however, full, completely, and that's why we can say, I mean, you know, perfect God, perfect man, fully human, but not fallen human, Jesus Christ. That's why God incarnate, the God-man, qualified to be our Savior. It's uh, it's no wonder <laughs> our most beloved songs were written about this. It is, and it really leaves us speechless. It really does. How do you describe this? One more try in verse 14. And it says, we beheld his glory. Uh, now, when did they, they saw him do these miracles? Again, if you remember when I first started, John, you have seven different miracles that Jesus did, climaxing with a l- raising of Lazarus. They saw his works glorifying God. and But John was there at the Mount of Transfiguration when Jesus' glory was unveiled, you know, and uh, yes, you remember, Elijah was there, the prophet. Moses was there, the receiver of the law from God. And and Peter comes up with that. You know, it's good that us we were here. Let's build three tabernacles. <laughs> yeah, I always <laughs> love that. I do too. And all of a sudden, what happens? The Shekinah glory of God is revealed in Christ. 
Now, again, people may not like this example I'm giving. You remember you have these pictures of Superman, and mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden he's wearing a suit or something, and he reaches down there and pulls that uh, suit and shirt apart, and out comes the blue uh, yes. shirt and the S. Well, when Jesus revealed his glory, he just pulls back the flesh of man. It's the only way mm-hmm. I know it. And the yeah. glory of God is shown. What happens to Elijah and, and Moses? They didn't see them anymore, did they? <laughs> no, when they looked up, it was just Jesus. I've, I've just, uh, I've marveled at that uh, so often. Um, hey, let me let me share something here because, you know, Bert, I just feel led. There, there might be somebody listening, and you need to know how much Jesus loves you. the The word there in John one fourteen it says he was full of grace and truth. The word full there is an interesting word. We get our word plethora, a plethora of food. You know, it means abundant, abundant. Jesus, how much grace and how much truth? Well, abundantly. But it's really as strong as the language could possibly muster, the opposite of empty. So if there was an absence of grace and truth, well, imagine the biggest, largest, greatest opposite of that full full abounding overflowing with grace and truth and bird i just want to say to people give yourself permission to believe that god loves you now we all sin we all mess up we all have countless things we would have done different if we could but i want everybody listening to know that the lord jesus loves you and for you jesus has grace and truth and you can't work, work, work and make him love you more because he loves you infinitely. If you blew it and you stumbled and you sinned, he doesn't love you less, but he does want you to turn to him. But Bert, Christmas reminds us that God loves us, doesn't he? It does. And if you need help, call Triple Eight Need Him. They'll talk with you. But if you want to ask us a question, that number, Triple Eight Five Eight Nine Eight Eight Four Zero. God really does love you right now. Hannah's Heart, a half-hour program specifically designed to encourage Christian couples walking through infertility and miscarriage. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, but this is a show that says however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hannah's Heart with Ann Cockrell and Kendra White each Saturday afternoon at 5 Central on American Family Radio. You can find the podcast at AFR.net. This is Jan Markell, and next on Understanding the Times Radio, we look at the signs of the times. Why are they exploding as we wind down another year? What does the new year hold by way of fulfilled Bible prophecy? Will you be prepared for all that plays out, and will the church equip the saints? That's next on Understanding the Times Radio. Saturday afternoon at 1 Central and Sunday afternoon at noon Central on American Family Radio. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. These words were shared between Cleopas and his companion on the seven-mile walk from Jerusalem to Emmaus as Jesus, in resurrected form, used the Hebrew scriptures to reveal himself to them as the Messiah. 
there are at least 109 distinct biblical prophecies the Messiah had to fulfill. The mathematical probability of such a feat occurring is astoundingly absurd, yet that absurdity is satisfied in Jesus, the Messiah. Come, let us adore Him. Listen each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner. For more, from Abraham Hamilton III, Public Policy Analyst for the American Family Association. This is Dr. Stephen Rummage with today's Moving Forward Minute. James 5.16 says this, Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another. I once visited a hospital and all the patients were just happy. I'd go into a room and say, how are you? And all of them would say, I'm good today. I asked, well, don't you feel sick? Don't you hurt somewhere? And they'd say, nope, fit as a fiddle. We're doing great. They all needed help, but no one admitted it. Now, of course, that's not a true story, but it's a picture of how we often act at church. We're coming in hurting and needy, and we don't want anyone to know. Church isn't a place where we go to show everyone that we've got it all together. Instead, church is where we are all in desperate need of God and of the support and prayers of other believers. For more resources, visit movingforwardradio.org. Join me every Sunday morning at 8.30 Central for Moving Forward right here on AFR. Beloved, we are now children of God, and what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know that when Christ appears, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And everyone who has this hope in Him purifies himself just as Christ is pure. 1 John 3, 2 and 3. American Family Radio. You're listening to Exploring the Word on American Family Radio. You know, I've always loved in John chapter 1 when they asked John the Baptist, Hey, are you, are you the Messiah? Are you that prophet? And John said, No, I'm not. He it is who is coming after me, verse 27, is preferred before me, whose shoe latchet I'm not worthy to unloose. John the Baptist pointing the way to Jesus, and Jesus is the one that we want you to be directed to this day as well. Hey, we're going to get to uh, Bible questions, and we would love to hear from you. No matter where you are in the country, you call in. It's 888-589-8840. Hey, by the way, you can submit Bible questions, word at AFR.net, W-O-R-D, word at AFR.net, and your Bible question, if you email it in, it might become uh, subject matter for a future show, but we'd love to talk to you in person today, so call 888-589-8840. 8840 with your Bible question. Amen. That's exactly right. So we're going to go straight to the phone lines. And from Texas, we have Jonathan. Welcome, Jonathan. Hi, Alex and Bert. Um, my mom was reading chapter 3 of Proverbs and verse 20, and it said um, that the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. What are depths and why does he need to break them? Okay, that's Proverbs 3.20. Is that what you heard, Alex? That's what I heard. And my goodness, we are so honored to hear from you. Thank you so much for calling in. You better believe it, Jonathan. How old are you, Jonathan? My birthday was in October. 
Um, last time I called, I was seven. Okay. Wow. Well, we're well, glad she called back. Alex, let me read 320. Yeah. He quoted it, but let me read it. By his knowledge, the depths were broken up and clouds dropped down the dew. Uh, you think that might have something to do with creation plus the flood, or you think it's I, something else? Well, I do. I think it has to do with the flood, and, and thank you for calling in. Uh, I really do feel very honored that you're listening. You know, Proverbs 3.20, you, you know, for one thing, in the book of Proverbs, the Lord is described as being wisdom. And if we're wise, we'll seek after wisdom. And if we're wise, we'll seek after the Lord. Well, Genesis 7.11 talks about how during the flood of Noah, the foundations of the great deep broke loose. So some of the water for the flood of Noah, and, and by the way, just for the record, I do, I absolutely do believe in the worldwide global flood uh, as described in Genesis. Bert, I think that when Proverbs 3.20 talks about the watery depths were divided uh, or broken up, literally, and the clouds let the, the drop down the dew, I think it's talking about the rain and the water table that the crust of the earth broke apart that uh, contributed to the flood. I agree with you fully. Uh, I've, I've referred to this before. On my desk uh, here at AFA headquarters, I have a, a, a globe that where the water has been taken away, and what it shows is the surface of the oceans. Now, if it were continental drift, the way uh, Darwinian evolution teaches, the 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 ocean would be smooth, you know, a little bit of the time, a little bit, just, you know, nothing drastic. But if you look at that, you'll find out there's mountain ranges. There are huge mountains all through the ocean, which show it was being pulled apart immediately. And you had the, the you know, them coming up quickly. And uh, I, if they'll, that even, I would say, promotes and demonstrates the flood and what you just said, the deep breaking apart and the water coming. And so, Jonathan, I, I agree with Alex fully. It is talking about the flood after God had created it and made it possible. Then that flood, it started this great uh, rain falling and the depths of the deep, the water's coming up. So we appreciate you calling. Jonathan, keep listening and call us ever so often when you have a yes. question like that. We enjoy it. Let's go to Mississippi and talk to Rhonda. Rhonda, welcome. Thank you. Uh, I wanted to know if there had been any historical research anywhere on uh, where the wise men came from. Oh, well, it really does. I think Daniel may have a lot to do with that, don't you, Alex? Uh, absolutely. You know, Daniel 248 talks about um, that Daniel had been governor over the wise men or the magi there in Babylon. And, and I firmly believe, and you and I talked about this day before yesterday, that um, when that star appeared, uh, they knew, you know, Daniel had passed it on down. Um, and so as far as historical research, there was a really good DVD that came out a few years ago. And I'm trying to remember who did it. Um, but it was done, and it might have been Answers in Genesis did it. But um, it talked about, you know, understanding how they would have known to come and that they, they did come. And so, uh, 
you know, I, we talked about this when we were in Matthew. I thought it was very telling that they, uh, logically, they went to the religious leaders. You know, your king has been born. This is a fulfillment of prophecies that we knew from one of the Hebrews, Daniel, and yet they didn't know. Isn't it something? All right, people with the direct revelation of God had ignored it, and we call that special revelation, the Scripture special revelation. But yet uh, Persian astronomers that didn't have anything but really general revelation they responded better to the general revelation than the religious leaders of the first centuries responded to God's direct revelation. And don't let that happen to you or anyone who is listening. You got the Word of God. Look at it knowing it's the Word of God. He's got words and direction for your life, and it's to trust Jesus. We pray that you will. Rhonda, thank you for that good question. Let's stay in Mississippi and talk to Bill. Bill, welcome. Thank you, sir. Thank you for taking my call. I, you know, I have a question. So many preachers or so many churches today talk about Jesus being the only Son of God. And, of course, in Genesis, we see where the Son of God found the Son of Men. You know, I mean, the daughters of men attractive. Even in Job, in the first chapter of Job, the sons of God were with him, and Satan himself, of course. But... You know, when when we talk about this time of the season about Jesus being the only Son of God, what what is your outtake on that? I you know sometimes that that can be misleading for so many people. You oh. know, the version I read so many times is the only begotten Son of God. Okay, that is it, and it is a unique. It's a word. That word begotten in the Greek language, Alex and Bill. Is, it is. It's set apart. He is the set-apart. He's the one that has the position, Bill. Uh, yes, we can become the children of God, which would be sons and daughters of God and others. But Jesus, Alex, the word, I, I don't know how, uh, I don't necessarily know the English word that would completely uh, demonstrate that. I've heard the word, they use the word begotten in the King James, but it's unique uh, the only one of, of, of that position. Uh, mm -hmm. What would you add to that? Well, you know, and by the way, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Scholars often talk about what they call the exclusivity of Christ's salvation. That they're, you know, on the one hand, people will say, well, you know, Christians are so narrow, you say Jesus is the only way. Well, Jesus said that Jesus was the only way. So it is exclusive, but on the one hand, it's very, very, very inclusive. Because Christ opens his arms and he says, whosoever will may come. Now, why was Jesus the one and only Son of God? Well, John 3.16, only begotten, which is in the King James, and some modern translations will say God's unique, one and only Son. But in the Greek, the word monogenesis is like monogenesis, one nature, one origin, one substance. If I could be a little bit... Uh, colloquial here okay the essence of god the stuff whatever god is the stuff of god the nature that's jesus he came and he is the nature of god and it was not the subtraction of his deity but it was the addition of humanity and we can say and we do say because the bible says it but jesus is the one door to heaven why fulfill prophecy 
virgin birth, sinless life, miraculous deeds, fulfilled the law, paid the debt, rose from the dead. Nobody can ever say that but Jesus. I mean, Bert, there have been a lot of famous people. There have been influential people. There have been wise people. I mean, history has seen everybody from Aristotle to C.S. Lewis. There have been some geniuses that have walked the stage of human history, but only one, only one, virgin-born, sinless life, rose from the dead, fulfilled the prophecies. It's Jesus. And he is that unique, the only one, one and only. And what we studied today, full of grace and truth, he is the only one can bring those together in our lives for us to be saved. That's why he's the unique son of God. Let's go to Texas and talk to Abe. Abe, welcome. Thank you for having me. Um, um, My question was, um, if if you're being pestered by Satan and um, you tell him to leave in Jesus' name, and it just feels like he doesn't go, I mean, uh, it's immediately feel you know you feel like he never did leave um what is the issue with that well what what, what, um is it is is that a a faith issue or well let me just share with you when jesus was tempted uh in the wilderness he used the word of god and he came to in three different times and each time it was at the end at his weak point no doubt in my mind toward the end of the 40 days Jesus used that scripture, and it said he left him for a season. Didn't mean he wouldn't come back. So, Alex, when I Mm. do that, there's two or three things that I know that I'm going to do when I know Satan is beating on me. One, scripture. The other one is praise, and the other one is humility before God. You know, don't Mm -hmm. lift up the quickest way for Satan to operate in your life is for you to have pride. Listen, that was the first thing. You remember he got kicked out of heaven because of pride, and mm-hmm. he came to to Eve, you'll be like God, which gives what? They build up, look who I can be. Uh, those, The word of God, praise, and, and, and then I would say humility. Alex, what would you help Abe on that? Uh, well, first of all, God bless you, brother, and welcome to what it means to be a Christian and to sometimes be walking in spiritual warfare. You know, the book of Daniel talks about the fact that one time for 21 days, the prince of Persia op- opposed Daniel. And it's interesting we're talking about the wise men. Okay, I-, I honestly believe in Daniel 10, the prince of Persia that resisted Daniel's prayers for 21 days. It was Satan, all right? But let me just say this. Um the devil is very malicious and can be very persistent. The Bible does make a promise, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from you. But, I, Bert, I've, I've found Satan tries to attack when we're sometimes worried or weary, tired, sometimes lonely. And I think one of the keys, you know, um, keep on praying, keep on trusting, praise God. The Bible says God inhabits the praise of his people. And Satan can't stand to be around and listen to Christians worshiping the Savior. But also the other thing, this is a key, is the the fellowship of believers, companionship. Amen. And brother, let me just encourage you, be in church. Find some men and women if you can get in a women's group. But 
I want to tell you something. There have been times when I'm down or worried or when, you know, we've had, and I'll call Bert and we pray together. Uh, and I, But I've got other, Chris Gambus, pastor over at Chapel Hill. We've been friends 31 years. And Bert, especially for we men, um, don't you think fellowship and accountability is a really important way to get spiritual victory? Okay, you could not be more right. I, here, I want to give this picture. Picture yourself surrounded by four men. The man in front of you is someone that you, that's going before you, that's a mentor. It may be someone you're in contact with, or it may be someone that you know is walking in the Lord and you look to them. Uh, I did that. Dr. Adrian Rogers, although I, I met him, yes, and everything, but he wasn't like we'd call each other. But I saw him preaching the word, living the word, and he was before me. I had friends on either side of me that I could call. Like you said, you could call me and call your pastor yeah. friend. And then remember, you got some people looking at you. They're following you. And here you are right there, a man front. And we're talking about men with flesh on. And then you have the God of the universe coming into us, the Holy Spirit in us, the hope of glory. We got the word of God that God breathed to us that we can go to. And listen, Alex, uh, that is the way. Satan is a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And if he leaves you for a while, he'll come back to you, try to get you tangled up. Galatians chapter 6, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore such a one, lest you also be tempted. And listen, Alex, humility, we better not think more highly than we ought. I know. Uh, we got to have each other's back, as they say. And you know what? Be one who prays for others, and people will pray for you. And let me tell you, a three-stranded cord is not easily broken. You know what I mean, Bert? Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, Alex, thank you. I enjoyed today. Thank you, callers. We had yeah. several. But guess what? We're hmm. going to do the whole hour tomorrow with people calling in. Fire yes. away Friday. And, uh, Alex, we're looking for, we always look forward to Fire Away Friday, don't we? we do. Hey, isn't God good? He is Folks, good all the time. God is good. Hey, Jesus loves you. We want to tell you that. How about telling somebody about exploring the Word? But most of all, tell everybody about Jesus Christ. Get your Christmas buttons. It'll help you be a witness. <laughs>